Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Installment of his soccer, we trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuckwagon Davies will be joining us very, very soon as we break down all the exciting action and uh, muddy action, I should say, from the El Salvador U.S. Men's National Team game and the CONCACAF Nations League. Now, Heath, before we go anywhere, this ended 1-1, by the way, in case you didn't see it or living under a rock or don't have social media or whatever. It ended 1-1. Jordan Morris... Coming out of the blue, I thought I thought after Granada having somewhat of a mixed performance, not doing too much, put a stamp on the game. I was surprised to see him come off the bench. He ends up getting a vital goal for us to salvage a result. That would have been the first loss for the U.S. against El Salvador since 1992. So a pretty big deal, Hollywood Heath. Yeah, it was, it was a huge deal. And, you know, I think naturally the question is going to be, and, and I think there's actually been some questions in the comments of like, has does this change Jordan Morris's status? And... Not to get too into that now, because I, I know we'll cover that when 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 Chuck Wagon Davies is on, but like, <laughs> uh, but it does in a way because it shows an ability to provide service or be serviceable when you're not in the starting lineup to be able to come in and have a big moment like that. Right, the right. timing of it, the power of that, the willingness that that sort of emphasis is a really important factor when you're looking late in games in a World Cup when you're looking at tough moments and you're Greg Berhalter and you're scanning that bench going, who's going to get me the thing? that yeah. I need in these next few minutes. It isn't always a profile of a player where you go, we know, well, he likes, you know, he's got a good attitude. He's going to go in and fight. That's usually guys that are like, you know, trying to close out games as subs. But somebody that has a little bit of that X factor, and I think Jordan Morris, when the game gets big and the field gets big and things get chaotic, he tends to thrive. Now, that was an individual individual moment of brilliance. Obviously, a fantastic ball being put in. But to Why be able to finish that off. Yeah. That's, I mean, we can use the same, the same thing that you just described with Jordan Morris with De La Torre. Like, he comes in, he's got to find his way into the game, finds it very quickly. And and I thought he had another significant impact on the team. And it makes me yeah. wonder if He's we got to get him on the field and get and get Brendan Aronson a little higher, maybe in the false nine or team away in the false nine and Aronson wide, just so we can get De La Torre, who I think connects the dots a little bit better than when we have MMA, Musa McKinney and Adams in midfield. Now we're going to get into all that, but before we take any steps further, I do have to announce our winner Woo. for the hundred dollar gift card of the Paramount. Plus. People keep on winning, Jimmy. People I keep, on winning. keep on winning. And we're going to give another one away tonight. So if you're not Kyle Calderelli, then you're going to have another opportunity to win tonight. So congratulations to Kyle. You were selected at random, and our producer has DM'd you with the details on how to redeem your prize. $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. What? You get Champions League, Europa League, NWSL, Serie A. You get Scottish Premiership, Brasileiro. It's, it's, it's all popping off, and you get series and movies and NFL and South Park and all that good stuff. 
if you want to win one tonight, we're going to give another one away. Okay. This is, uh, you got to follow us first and mm -hmm. foremost on Twitter, ISWT pod, and make sure you drop a follow. You can leave us a P plus there. Just leave us a comment with P plus, or you can do it in the comments right now with your Twitter handle. That's how you're entered to win. We are like Santa Claus out here. We're just hey. trying to give it. We're like Oprah Winfrey. Let me. Can I tell you one thing that I like about that, yeah. Jimmy? Shoot, shoot. I'll wake up in the morning now, and it's not even just the live viewers that are that are getting in on this. I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh yeah, look, I got some notifications, and all it is is P pluses. People <laughs> saying P plus, which means they're engaged, and it means people are watching it at their leisure, but still having a chance That's to win great. themselves a, a a gift card. So I love it. Okay, now I know it's going to be really easy for all of us, people watching, listening, to want to kind of get to the end. But what did you think actually about Greg Berhalter starting 11? So we knew Horvath was going to start, and he did. He's actually the one player that I think hurt his stock tonight because he has yeah. to make that save. Do you think that guy was shooting or, or crossing? No, I think it looked, I think, it I, think I think he took a peek and saw where that Horvath was off his line. Horvath, Horvath definitely got caught. Whether he was crossing or shooting, Horvath got caught cheating. You know, he got he caught did, frozen 100%. looking out for that cross, and that ball whipped in from a tough angle. Again, you know what it's like, Jimmy. You've played on plenty of pitches that are less than of ideal, course. that there's the unpredictability of the touch. That looked like my high school field, to be honest yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was just actually talking with Alex, our producer, beforehand. He was talking about West Texas, how the, you know, and their football, American football pitches uh, or fields look like that after a long game. And I remember those games where it's like October and the dew is up on the field and it's a night game, Friday night lights, high school football. I'm like, the thing is like trashed uh, by the end of the game. That's what it was like. And so it changes the circumstances of a lot of things. Now I've been reading a lot, Jimmy, about the attitude and the fight of this team. Mm -hmm. The upside of what I saw against uh, Uruguay, what I saw against uh, Morocco, I, I, I was like, man, I think we're past the fight part. Like the fight part is established, right? But right. every once in a while, you got to go and fighting is going to be the thing that gets you in and out of out of uh, out of your problems. It got him out of the problems today, continuing to fight, finding a little bit of uh, life after the the Ariola um, red card. And I think that fight is a really strong foundation. If you go back again, and I know we've probably beat this topic to death, but all the national teams in history that have had any success, that's always been the foundation of the American players. Like that willingness to you put on mm -hmm. that shirt mm -hmm. and you're willing to give everything for it and make it really difficult for your opponent. Now I don't think there was. The U.S. particularly played well, but the circumstances were really difficult already going to El Salvador. You add that to the pitch and you add that to the circumstances. It was going to be a hard match from start to finish. However, I thought that that fight was 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 there and present. And if that's the minimum that we have going into a World Cup, while I don't like our chances to go really, really far, but it's a really strong foundation considering that that fight is the same fight we've had generationally, but For the sure. talent is better than any talent that we've ever had generationally. No, 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 no. I think that's really well said. And I think that... Uh... It took a while for us to establish that fight. It's almost mm -hmm. like we needed the game to get a little chippy for us to... I, I, I thought it would. Once we went down a goal, I'm like, okay, at what point is this going to get into a dogfight? We were still trying to play. I remember right at the mm -hmm. end of the first half, we had... I counted. I, we had 33 consecutive passes. And where it started... Were you Olaying? Were you Olaying in your living room? Jimmy? I was Olaying. <laughs> I was Olaying. And, and we weren't going anywhere. And then we lost the yeah. ball. And then three passes later, El Salvador has it in our attacking third and draws a, a dangerous free kick. I was like, whoa, you still have to turn that possession into something. It still felt like we were trying to necessarily play pretty, but still trying to make something of the game when there was nothing to make. The, the situation didn't allow for it to happen, given that the, the field and, the, and the, the situation. Now, to somebody's point, both teams have to play on it. So there's really no excuse mm -hmm. about bad pitch, whatever. Everybody still has to play on the same thing. But uh, before I go any further with my, my thoughts, though, I want to bring on Charlie Chuckwagon. All 
right, let's bring on Super Chuck and see. I'm, I'm just going to add more and more nicknames to you guys as this continues to go on. Uh, I don't know. I thought he was going to pop on. I thought that was a really nice. There he, oh, is. There he is. There he is. There he is. I got the and mahogany the, in my life. He's picked the wood grain room, Charlie. There was a lot of concern <laughs> as to what was taking you so long. And, yeah, and uh, there's a rumor that you were just you were. like kind of stuck between like like yeah. too many decisions, paralysis through analysis of what room you've got. Too many rooms to choose from. Yeah, yeah. you know, I have the same shirt on. But let, give us your overall <laughs> thoughts on on uh, on the game and what you saw. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the the best the best of uh, of matches to watch. But I guess I, I really was just curious in in a couple of players, like individuals. I wasn't necessarily uh, banking on the result. It was more, what does Haji Wright look like from the start? Dude, in, can I say from the beginning, why yeah. did he get subbed out after 45? That was a decision, man. He made that decision. That's like a sign. That's a sign. I was pissed that he got, like, dude, give that guy yeah, at least six. To be honest, though, you're playing for points in Nations League also. Like, this is, there is, there is some significance I get that. to okay. that. Okay. And, and listen, Ferreira came on after five minutes and, and got around the goalkeeper and was probably had more, that play was already more dangerous than anything Haji Wright had created by himself, at least. He had that one thing on the end, on the sideline that he did well. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Chuck, but I just was kind of pissed that he got taken off after 40. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he, 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 he didn't help himself. Yeah. But, but and, and, and is it hard we, to evaluate though in the situation given uh, the field, like no, lack of no, possession? No, no, because I guess you know you, you look at opportunity as universal, regardless of opponent, regardless of field conditions. You get your opportunity, you take it. And whether he was scoring goals in this game or his runs or his press, just the involvement, the overall involvement, it lacked. It it, it just lacked. Uh, it lacks something in, in terms of just like the modern I mean, speed of the game where yeah. his, his impactful, the demand of a striker that's and, not scoring 50 goals has and to he be got his chance and he got his, time. he got his, he got his one chance and he, he absolutely scuffed it left footed. I agree he, with you. He, he should put, put that on frame. frame. So for me in, in Jesus Ferrer, and, I, and obviously I am ultra critical with the nine position, Jesus Ferrer has only moved up and he's already at the number one spot, but he's only moved up and distanced himself from, from the rest I, of the crowd. I, I, I'll just say for just to play the other side of this, if I'm Haji, yeah. right, I'm pissed. I didn't get 75 minutes against Granada. I would have, he, he well, probably would have earned it with three well, goals. I'm, I'm guessing you didn't earn it. You okay, don't know that's how he fair. trained. That's fair. I'm he, just saying, he must have not trained saying. well enough to, to, to win more minutes. Right. I just, I just, I, I just want to make sure game. that's part of the conversation. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's part of the game. Mm -hmm where fans don't get a chance to see it. Similar to, to Jordan Peefolk. Everybody's screaming, look what he's doing in, in Switzerland. But in training, not good enough. And, and we don't see that necessarily. But for, for the players, for Greg Berhalter, he's basing a lot of his, his choices on what he sees in camp. Because one thing is seeing things on video. Maybe he's gone over to see a couple of times players play. But how does it look like in training sessions? And I know not not a lot can be based on training sessions, but you get a good idea of work rate and touches and mm -hmm, your technical mm -hmm. ability and tactical awareness. And obviously, players didn't do enough to to move up and win more time. Okay, no, that's fair, and I, I appreciate you saying that. That Jesus Ferrer definitely earned. Yes, that that opportunity against Granada. I, I I I I like that angle a lot. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Now, Heath, let's 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 go talk about the defenders, and I want to get Charlie's insight on this too. It was hard to evaluate him because outside of Horvath 
having a bit of a shocker on the goal. Mm, Cannon. Cannon could have done better. Let, than let, I was like, I don't tell me you're gonna let Reggie Cannon. No, off I'm not gonna let that. him off the hook. But I just like it was. I was looking more center backs. But I, I just. I, Car- Car- I was watching. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was. Know. I was. I was. I was watching this uh, game with a couple of friends who are massive, massive like old school U.S. soccer nerds, like deep, deep in the cuts of these guys. Like <laughs> known these kids since they were like 15, 14 years old. Like can name any player in Major League Soccer that's close to signing a contract. And their whole thing they landed on basically was. It wasn't whether or not it was. It was again the Ferreira example that you used, Charlie. That's the Yedlin example of like Cannon has not shown me anything that makes him different than Yedlin, and Yedlin has the experience that at least I know what I'm going to get from him. And Cannon, who continues to get opportunities, has not gone above and beyond. Now Yedlin's made mistakes throughout qualifying. Cannon has been solid throughout qualifying, but he hasn't gone above and beyond to knock mm-hmm. Yedlin out of the depth chart. And that's, to me, what it comes down to. It wasn't that Cannon was poor. It's just that I don't see Cannon as an attacker. I don't see him all as an all like out-and-out, like kind of mm-hmm. one-on-one lockdown defender either. He is solid. He's serviceable. But when you look at the depth chart, that's what I think drops him down behind a Yedlin who can do all those things at a little bit of a higher pace and with more experience. Tell, tell me this, Jimmy and Heath. As a right back, okay, mm-hmm. or defender in general – Lareen, he's not going to beat you with pace. He's not going to beat you on the dribble. He's all left-footed. Like, only uses the left. Right foot is for standing. <laughs> for the gas pedal. What, <laughs> what prevents Reggie Cannon from saying, I'm going to absolutely close down the space, but take away your left foot. If you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me with your right foot on this cross. Knowing that that he doesn't have too much. Mm-hmm. And, and he had like a good two steps away from him. No, he did. I, I agree with you how he closed the ball, but there's no way you think once he hits that, that your goalkeeper doesn't have that covered. Right. I, why I mean, not honestly, take it away? Horvath yeah, I mean, and Reggie Cannon didn't help themselves tonight from a, from a defensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. The, if other, he, the other three. If he, if he was, he was still a distance away, but if it was a cross into a dangerous position, he may have gotten a leg same, on it. Same, that was same, like same. A, a shot near that near, near post that caught caught the goalkeeper cheating. But again, for me, I, I would say, and, and not to excuse him of any of this, on a pitch like this, obviously, you get in one-on-one situations, you give yourself a little bit of buffer because if, if you slip or you overcommit or you yeah, get up yeah, underneath yeah. them, somebody who is decently tricky on the ball and they can pull you off, like, and you're skating out there, that yeah. puts you into a tough spot. So you tend to hesitate. There's not a, it's not a good reason. It's not a valid reason. But it is, you know, you're asking defenders like in that position, you're giving yourself a little bit more buffer to be like, you know, I might have to like get out of this bind a little bit differently. So I'm going to give him a little bit in front of me instead of like overcommitting. And now he's got space in behind me, which, you, I, you know, you, I, it's, it's all he's if, not going to be a winger. Face. If it's a winger, I'd say, yeah. yeah. But do you, do you think he meant back. to shoot it, Charlie? I think he meant to shoot. I think you, when you see the, the, the camera from <laughs> yeah. behind, when you see the, I mean, it didn't look like a missed cross it would no. have had a little bit more bend on it i think that he took a peek before it to your point if reggie cannon had got out there quicker he wouldn't have been able to pick up his head and take a peek at what horvath was where was he standing i think he just went for it and just said you know what i'm gonna swing it as hard as i can and maybe they'll go in and it did i, I would love i don't know give, i would love to give him the benefit of the doubt i do too but i just like i think he's just hitting it you don't think he's out <laughs> yeah. at the touchline looking to hit a banger near post charlie <laughs> yeah. uh, that is a real that, terrible uh, cross though mm-hmm. that, that's just no, I mean, oh yeah he hit it way yeah. too yeah. clean it was, for a bad to be a bad cross. Cross. it was a goal and you're spot on <laughs> it was a terrible cross that ended up as a goal i don't i don't know maybe i'm giving him too much credit 
I what El Salvador player have you seen shoot from that distance? A striker, attacker, and there you're going to tell me a left I back? I don't know, man. Is I don't shooting know. from 40 yards, okay. 30 yards. He's about right. to get signed to the San Francisco Glens, huh? <laughs> yes. You just got yourself I'll, a new player. I got myself a new player. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, oh. but it just it just seemed like he hit that pretty clean for, it, for a cross. Oh, yeah, of course, it's the <laughs> usual like cross that goes in the goal where like they're whipping it in, but it's blo- it's like moving away. Hey, like, hey, it's, you know, hey, I, I get I I, I want to see it again. Let me see it again. I want to see it again. At some point, I'll have to look at it again. So, so center backs, pretty solid, all things considered. Not surprised to see Aaron Long start his fourth consecutive mm-hmm. game as Greg Berhalter's favorite player. I know that Walker Zimmerman had a, an MRI from what I heard behind the scenes just to kind of check on a foot or a, a knee thing. Everything's going to be fine, but they didn't want to risk him, obviously. So uh, Aaron Long gets his fourth consecutive start. Eric Palmer Brown, nowhere to be seen. That probably doesn't bode well for him. It looks like Cameron Carter-Vickers has kind of moved into mm-hmm. one of the top three spots, top four spots. I mean, right now, after these four games, I would say it's Zimmerman, Long, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Chris Richards is kind of my four. I think Palmer Brown might be out, McKenzie out, all the other guys out. That's that's. I don't know. What, I don't know. Charlie, I come to you. What, what are you thinking about the center back position? At the moment, yes. I still think Mark McKenzie can play his way into this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so can Eric Palmer Brown potentially? He's just—I don't know. I mean, yeah, we got, I we mean, got 180 he, minutes left. That's it. 180 right. minutes yet. I take it for what it's worth, by the way. But Mark McKenzie yeah. was told, "I'm bringing these guys in because I want a fresh look. I want to get a good look at them." This is why Mark McKenzie wasn't brought in. Now we all know that we've been told a whole bunch of things in our life <laughs> uh, that yeah. that may be true. May I want to give you. Guys, I want to uh, give you a vacation. Yeah, I'm going to give you. You've earned it. Hey, you look tired, man. You sleeping much? Like I'm going to let you have a little time <laughs> off. You know, yeah. uh, no, like uh, take that. Take that with a you know uh, uh, whatever uh, a pinch or a grain of whatever. But it, you know, <laughs> I, I, if he goes back and he's playing, Greg. Greg Berhalter also liked Mark McKenzie at a certain point when Mark mm-hmm. McKenzie wasn't was already not playing, right? He he's got managers, coaches, they have things that they see in people that you can't talk them out of and things that they like that sometimes will make us when you're competing for a spot or or watching it as an analyst or in any circumstance, you go, man, that person's crazy because they they see but they they have their ways. They have the people that they trust, they believe in, and trust is a big thing too. Okay. So so but uh, Heath, do you agree with me on the four? center backs right now as it stands yeah i mean i i don't i don't think chris richards has established or built any rapport in this national team yet by the way i think he's still a young green potential he hasn't yeah, had yeah. like an outstanding i haven't seen no, him have fair. one lights out performance for the national no team. that's true but he's playing week in and week out when he's fit and healthy for hoffenheim who are a big club in the bundesliga so there is and, and, a, there and is and a apparently they're trying to, to they're working on getting him um, back so and so when i think about that to the trajectory of the player, the pathway that he's on, yes. But in terms of his performances with the national team so far, there hasn't been one performance where I go, okay, now he's now he's competing or challenging for something. It's always been like, okay, you know, steps forward, but not like, okay, now he's in. Like Aaron Long inserted himself into the conversation. Greg loves him, whether it's performance-based, but you could see the instant trajectory of Aaron Long when he's back. He's fit, he's healthy, he's in. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, jammed his way in and now now he is like well established. I haven't seen that from the other guys. Cameron Carter Vickers I yeah, do think yeah. falls into that. Um Eric Palmer Brown I thought would but you know we're, we're I'm kind of mixing where what Greg's showing us and and also what I've seen. Hey shout shout out to the comments right here. Julia C who's always in here. Laren said post interview uh post post game interview that he meant it to be a cross. It wow. was a cross. 
Well, there you Come go. On, that's, now? that's what I said. I thought I meant that. I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. It was a cross. Well, fair play yeah. to him actually admitting that. Most yeah. guys wouldn't. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll give him all the credit in the world for making that happen. That was a clean ass cross. Though. Must he be friends with Horvath, huh? He must be friends with Horvath. <laughs> yeah. Saying, yeah. Because like, yeah, he didn't help Horvath fluke, at all, by fluke the way. Situation. Uh, yeah. That's unfortunate for Horvath. Now, talk about the midfields. Yes, please. I, I had a good it. conversation here with, with a friend that I was watching this with about how MMA. Musa McKinney and Adams has, has worked really hard together to qualify us for a World Cup, and they should get to see out that World Cup. Now, I know we've had a lot of conversations about Aronson or Reyna or, or mm -hmm. De La Torre, but, but there's something about MMA. I thought Yunus Musa was my man of the match today. I thought he was fantastic, and I like when he takes over a game. I thought that he did a really good job of breaking the lines. Now, to Charlie's point, and this is a great point, He's still lacking a little bit of that quality in the uh, final third, uh, 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 uh. whether it's a cross or or whatever. But I thought tonight he got closer to bringing attacks to completion. That up to that, the goalkeeper made that save. Oh man, that was so it nice. It would have been it would have yeah. been a, a very tasty goal. I was really impressed with Yunus Musa tonight, and and I think MMA will probably be our our starting. The more I see it, the more I think that that's probably the way to go. But. If we don't have an effective number nine, not to say Ferrer is not the guy, but I still feel like there's real. I still want to see Team Away at number nine. That's all I want to say. But with regard yeah. to MMA, De La Torre, I thought was great off the bench. Um, again, mm -hmm. he he has a significant impact, uh, as he said prior to you coming on, Charlie. When we're talking about Jordan Morris, when Greg looks at the bench, he's got to look at guys and be like, that guy can give me this in this situation. And JMO showed that tonight. De La Torre shown it a couple times, whether as a starter or as a super sub. So Charlie, I come to you first on this on this midfield. Uh, how, how did you think the guys played tonight? Uh, they didn't play great, but I will say uh, Weston McKinney, we saw his quality, big, big difference when he's on the pitch. Like he, he, he shows that he can be that eight that's going to be creating and he's not afraid to, to play those difficult balls and he has the quality to play those balls in between the lines and, and have that killer pass. Eunice Musa, yes, he didn't score but he gave me more in the attacking mm -hmm, third. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He showed like there, there, the ceiling is so high for him that I believe he can be that, that playmaker, that goal scorer, the, the one who's facilitating on midfield who gets assists. That is, that's the midfield. There is no doubt. MMA is, is the starting trio come Qatar. And okay. you, you wouldn't want anyone else to, to, Kind of get it, get yeah, involved tinker with that right. at all. But I, I would say, Luca Della Torre, awesome super sub to come in to change the game, give you some a different dynamic. And Gio Reyna, wh whether he's at the on the right side and 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 gets back to being in full fitness, or maybe he's that super sub too as well. I mean, the fact that that you have two, three players who can come in and change the game, that's. That's massive for this. Yeah, group. it's massive. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And Heath, are you feeling the same way? Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to argue otherwise. I still really like a look or a version of Brendan Aronson in the in the middle of the pitch. But what? But if not, I have trouble putting him on the wing over Timo Weah. And I'm, I, I guess I'm jumping quickly to to to. No, Timo it's fine. I, I think it's a nice the, nice the, segue. The, the point being that Timo Weah, what he he just makes the game predictable for this team. When he gets the ball at his feet, he gets up to full speed, he squares up a defender, and when you're a defender, and actually the defender made a couple of really good defensive plays against him, it is so hard to defend against when somebody squares up on you instead of running you down. And that's a different part of his game that we're starting to see now. Instead of running just to the touchline, now he's kind of 
taking that touch inward and running at players and just having a player that can really push you now again wasn't great tonight didn't do it well tonight didn't get behind or beat his defender more often than not tonight but that willingness and that tent and that confidence i think is a really important thing even on a night like this you can see the willingness to do that as opposed to oh, okay doesn't do it the first time and then you disappears for a half and so it's hard for me to see where brendan aronson fits if it's not in the midfield or it's in, in the cent- center of the park as a starter within this national team but again brendan aronson's another one that i'm like greg berhalter can look at him at any point and be like yeah, you're you fit into this team as a sub, right? You the game's a little bit bigger, it's a little bit chaotic, or I need energy, I need this. The only downside is that I truly believe this when Brandon Aronson's not on the field. And I, uh, uh, another thing that I had found out tonight, Brandon Aronson is apparently in the highest percentage of like 0.01% of ball winners, uh, uh, like attacking ball winners in the world in terms of like his approach to winning balls in good spots that kicks off attacks that don't always lead to goals or assists. But apparently his numbers, and I don't, can't remember what the exact statistic was, but it's in the top like 1% of, of, of footballers in the world of his ability to win the ball in good spots and set up attacks for, for, for teammates. And there's just mm-hmm. something about that. Now, that works over a full season, you know, 34, 38 games. That, that plays a little bit of a different role in terms of an XG. And in the national team, it's not always the case because it's more fluid. It's left less often, so it's hard to justify. But having him on the field, I think this team presses better. Take out mm-hmm. El Salvador, mm-hmm. but presses better and can find ways to create without having to use all 11 players on the field to break down a, a good staunch defense. Okay, so then let's let's continue the, the attacking conversation. Mm-hmm. So you got Christian Pulisic, Timo Weah on the right side, Charlie. Is his Ferrer your number nine going into the Wales game, given what we've seen through these four games? And knowing, knowing we have two opponents left, which looks like Japan and Saudi Arabia will be playing in the September friendlies. Still a rumor, but it hasn't been confirmed. But it looks like those two, those two games will be played in Europe. What do you like, or do you feel like there's still a combination because of Aronson's impact as Heath has talked about? And obviously, hopefully the reemergence of Gio Reyna back into the team mm-hmm. as he gets healthy. Is there room for some kind of, you know, makeshift false nine here? Or do you think no, you're still going to go I with don't. some type hey, of traditional nine? Charlie, before I you answer real quick, Charlie, yeah. before you answer, I just watched the, the, the replay of Jordan Moore scoring that goal right now because I want yeah. you to add him into your attack analysis. Yeah, that was a little chip on the shoulder celebration of saying like, there was some sort of exhalation that he like he exhaled. Yeah, there. yeah, I agree. He was like pounding his chest that there was something deeply personal for him that was validating in that moment. So I want to get your take on 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 him, obviously, and yeah, and whether he played himself well. into the team because yeah. he wasn't as great against Granada. I, I would say if the World Cup was starting in two weeks, Ferreira is your starting nine mm-hmm. in the first game of the World Cup. He, you know, you look at the depth chart right now, and Haji Wright, I think he, if anything just went down the depth chart. It didn't help himself. And you could say he didn't get enough time um, to show himself, but when he did, he he didn't give enough. And when you are trying, you're on the outside trying to get in, you need to, you need to, you need to perform. You need mm-hmm. to grab your opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do that. So Jesus Ferrer is your one. I think people still hold out hope that Ricardo Pepe can turn around in, in the Bundesliga and you have six months to do it. And that if he does, then that that's going to be a, a, a very tough choice for Greg Berhalter to have to make, especially if Jesus continues to perform in MLS. Uh, given that, the depth is is not great because there's so many what-ifs. You know, you have Daryl DK, you have Matthew Hoppe, Ricardo right, Pepe, right, right. Jordan Pifok. Um, so... Yeah, at some point, I just feel like we need to go with whatever we're going to yes, go with. Yes, and so right? Jesus, Jesus is the guy right now. And, and, and it's more based on his work rate 
his ability to press, his ability to check into spaces and try and connect, but also try to create space for Christian and, and Team Awea. He also is running in behind now. The only his only downside right now, where he needs to improve between now and the World Cup, hold is his play. hold up play. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Charlie, here's a question yeah. on Haji Wright for you. Somebody yeah. had made this comment tonight uh, that I was with, and he had said, "This is something worth discussing, and it might mean nothing, but it might mean something." When you looked at like going into the halftime, 44, mm-hmm. 43 third minute, you had eleven players on the field from the U.S. team, and ten of them were covered in mud. And there was one player, and that was Haji Wright, that hadn't had a scrap of mud on him in that game. Does that mean anything to you in terms of that willingness to scrap? Or is that the fact that we couldn't find him in good spots? Or is I mean, I'm 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 using it anecdotally yeah. Yeah. and not uh, literally, but like I, I, I no, I, I think well, I think it just signals his lack of involvement. Yeah, I agree with that. The 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 dirtier he dirtier he would be would be would mean to me that He's involved. He's getting hit because the ball's always coming to his feet. He's winning fouls in, in the attacking half, you know, doing the dirty work that a striker would need to do if they're not getting the ball where they'd like or getting opportunities. You have to figure out ways to be effective. He didn't he didn't do that. So therefore he was irrelevant. That's why his his jersey was as clean as as could be. And to touch on the Jordan Morris aspect, that what you saw was all the pressure he's putting on himself. Mm-hmm. to catch up to himself prior to his last injury. It, it's a lot. You, it's a World Cup in front of you. You had this dream of going to Europe and and, and having a, a success story. You, you have a big injury. You come back. You rebuild yourself up. Another injury. And so there's a lot of doubt. And you're, you're self-doubt. Full, you're, you're, yeah, self-doubt. But yeah. also doubt around. Well, of I mean, course. Of course. Yeah. But Can he I, ever be the player he once was? Right. And, and, and so... I think he's done a good a, a good job of building himself back up, but he knows as well as we do. We've we've talked to him that he needs to continue to grow and get match fit and his sharpness. This goal was fantastic movement. It's it's not it wasn't a lot of movement, but it was fantastic movement. And the fact that he dr- dropped, dipped the shoulder, got off the the defender's shoulder, kind of was able to to trick him in the way of thinking he was going to make one movement cuts in front of him. And it's a, it's a beautiful way to finish the goal. What's interesting. was that there was a precursor to that on the handball that they didn't call where he was caught on the other side of the guy. They probably should have called that VAR was there. I think they would have given Mm -hmm. us a penalty, but on the next play, he makes that slight adjustment, right? He gets himself in a position where I'm going to get inside of the defender to get on the end of a cross as opposed to being on the outside of him. And obviously it leads to a good goal. Luca De La Torre played both of those balls to the back post. I think that's just something of note because I think when he does come in, he tries to identify those weaknesses. And obviously when you sit on the bench, you probably have a pretty good idea of how the game is being played and where he can exploit those weaknesses. And I thought that he did a good job as well. I just want to give a shout out to both of those super subs. And we should probably give a shout out to Paul Ariola who got a pretty harsh red card. Didn't deserve that, especially because the referee <laughs> yeah. wasn't handing out cards at all to start the game when you guys were flying Dude, around and all of a sudden. This, is, this know, is the problem, man. Is like that ref. He's held, in the World Cup, by the way. He He's, held he, the red card in his face for 30 seconds. No, he it wasn't long enough. Down. It wasn't long enough. He held it and he just stared at him. And you could tell if you go personal, back and watch that's it, personal. it's personal. And it's, and it's, <laughs> and it's like, it, it, it maybe not directly personal, but he was, he became the star of the show. He became the, 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 what the would hero you have done? Of, Heath, what would you have done? You know, if somebody didn't, if somebody didn't 
like if I was the ref or if I was Ariola, Ariola. Oh yeah, dude, they did a great job of keeping their calm because that arrogance <laughs> to hold that eye contact with the red card in your face as if you hadn't seen it is like such a level of arrogance. Yes. And confidence. It's, it's degrading. It, to it's, only so, go back and give a red card because you know you got to make up for stuff later on is I, horrible. I have to say this because FG in the chat says it was a red card, and and Mike, listen. That could have been a red card, and yes, it, it probably is by definition. No, no. Okay, even okay, it's whatever. Not He's definition. not showing any studs. It's not. Okay. No. It, listen, the, listen. The excessive force. There was okay. not excessive. Whatever force. he's calling. My problem okay. is less of the red card call, and the more of the fact that there were some egregious tackles that were happening before, and he's just saying play on. He was. He was advantage. refing. He was refing this game like a friendly, not was, like a competitive match. So, so he, was, I just he want, wasn't listen, giving warnings. He wasn't slowing it down. No, he was refing it like a friendly was, where you don't want to lose the flow of the game. But that's mm -hmm. not what that game is when you're playing on a muddy pitch in El Salvador for points. You got to control it. All you want is consistency when you're a player. If if you're gonna like the fact that he gave him a straight red, I was like, what? You didn't. There was some crazy ass tackles in the first half <laughs> that he did not call at all. And then I was like, well, the U.S. still has it. Play on. I'm like, but he just lost like his knee. How is that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So well, I think it was it was a reckless. Pisses me off more than anything yes. else. Yeah, it was a lot of reckless it was, tackles. It was a reckless. It was a reckless tackle, for sure. Yellow, but a oh, hundred percent a yellow. Come a red on, just man. felt like in the flow no. of the game. He just that just lacked some mm -mm. consistency and fair play to the U.S. for actually responding in a positive way. Yes, when Musa made that. Ferreira plays a great ball into Musa, by the way, which speaks to your holdup play. Gets the ball in a good transition spot and plays Musa through, which ends up setting up a red card for um, El Salvador, and and obviously getting back onto equal terms really gave us that advantage. Do we have any red cards in qualifying, by the way? I never got any red cards in qualifying, but I did no, get one of my my last my <laughs> last uh, national team game. That that referee, remember in L.A. Heath. Archundia, that guy hated me with a passion. Oh, that was against Honduras, right? <laughs> he gave me two yellow cards in 15 minutes, and I was the captain, dude. Like, was one of those like a handball on the goal much? line or something? It wasn't a handball. Listen, I'm not, <laughs> he's obsessed with me. <laughs> Easy. You know what? I don't even want to get into this. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Let's talk about the Ticos. Joel Campbell scores in the third minute. Kind of necessarily a broken play, but a throw in off the sideline, get around the corner cross he's like in between three players gets enough on it gets into the corner and the kiwis don't have any answer but we get to see the ticos led by 36 year old brian ruiz who probably is a little bit slower than all of us in the world cup this is kind of a last hurrah for a lot of those guys pretty cool to see the ticos make it once again it's incredible i mean if you think about going to, again to the final day with 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 panama it shows sort of the quality of of concacaf in different ways like uh, costa rica 
when you look at them, when you watch them play, they just have an ability to find results, right? Scoring in the third minute and then just grinding it out for the rest of the way with players that are experienced. I thought was a fantastic, fantastic uh, finish for for just the region as a whole. Obviously, not wanting to 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 give up that spot or 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 lose that game to to a New Zealand side who, you know, only had only struggled with Tahiti on their way to this final game, winning one nil, and then kind of battered everyone else on the way to this match. So. Great for 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 the Tico. It's great for the region. Great for Major League Soccer, as a number of players are 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 domestic as well. And so, just great to have four teams from Concacaf in the World Cup. All right, so let's look forward to their group because their group arguably is the group of death. Charlie, we got Spain. We yeah, have there'll be there'll be three after the group stages. Yeah, uh, Spain, but... <laughs> Germany, Japan, and uh, yeah, they might be just having a cup of coffee. Maybe the achievement <laughs> is just qualifying for the World Cup itself. Doing anything outside of that it, is going to be it, a, it a is. bonus. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. What are your thoughts on their group? Cause that is extremely difficult. They play Spain first, just so everybody mm-hmm. knows play Spain mm-hmm. first, then Japan, and then they play Germany last. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes any difference for you and your thoughts about this. <laughs> well, well, the in, in the way they play the style of play, the games are all going to be close. Yes. So they have, they have a shot to, to have some upsets. Now, do I think that's going to be long-term success? No, but Really, it was to give the country hope and to get into the World Cup. And we knew that's how they were going to play. Defend a conceded possession to New Zealand. New Zealand's not known for keeping the ball in possession and breaking you down. But they had, Costa Rica had 33% of the ball because they just defended. And mm-hmm. what played out, I guess what really played into their hands was the fact that they scored early. And if they can score early knowing that that's the strength of their team, we're just going to defend, then I think giving New Zealand the ball was, was not a problem. It, it, it almost worked out for them because they just said, keep coming. We're just going to defend. Mm-hmm. If Kaylor Navas and goal, uh, we're, we're all set. So Joel Campbell, he came up with the big goal and then they just defended. So I'm, I'm excited for Costa Rica, but realistically probably the only result they're they're really going to get is against Japan. So, so if, 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 if Navas possibility, Navas yeah. could stand on his head. You know, he could pull yeah. a Courtois and just make some incredible saves. Three draws. Uh, <laughs> they could get three draws. They could get three draws. New Zealand did that back in 2010 and didn't get through the group. They didn't score any. They didn't give up any, which is a pretty unique uh, record in World Cup history. But this group of players, some of these players, were part of the 2014 World Cup group of death, which had England, Uruguay, and Italy in it. And Costa Rica won that group. So I think maybe because they're all eight years older, this might be a bigger, bigger task for them, Heath. But it's not outside the realm of possibility, hey. especially if Navas, you know, does what he does, which is make big saves on a regular basis. I just think, I don't Listen, know, it's, it's going to be tough. You go back and watch Portugal play in the Euros in 2016. They won one game in the whole tournament in regulation time. That was it. When they beat Wales 2-0 in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Every other game, they drew or they won like 117th minute mm-hmm. and they won the Euros. Now, I'm not saying Costa Rica are going to win the World Cup. That's not going to happen. But you can see difficult ways in which Portugal would make it really difficult for opponents and then find a way. And, and they so had Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, they got, uh, <laughs> uh, they got Alvaro Saborio. He was a golden, <laughs> he was a gold MLS cup winner and yeah. a golden boot, uh, winner in, in major league soccer. So, oh my God. uh, he just happens to be 40 now. Hey, uh, don't, don't, don't hate on Saborio. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating cool. on him. No, he's, he's got it. Uh, and Joel Campbell, was going to be a He's huge, a baller. A huge, huge play at Arsenal. Didn't get to that quite that level. But like, uh, again, they, they just have, again, that experience. And they're sort of, if you looked at them halfway through World Cup qualifying, 
they just sort of started playing with house money and it played a different way where they just yep. got, have gone on this run. And you take that to a World Cup, it's not like there's such a far gap between them and, and their opponents. I mean, there is a pretty large gap between Spain and, and Germany. We saw Germany last World Cup, same thing. One of those, Spain or Germany, is going to probably fall off in this World Cup or underperform, even though they're both in great form right now. Uh, I, I guess I'm trying to get to uh, find as many excuses to say that Costa Rica has a chance to get some results like Charlie mentioned. There is a way or a pathway there. And Costa Rica, of all teams, have been doing that now uh, or had that mentality now for the last six or, six or mo- six months or so, and it's been working. What's interesting, I just look back at the results of 2014. They were down 1-0 to Uruguay after 25 minutes Cavani scored. They rattled off three goals in the second half to win that one 3-1. Then they beat Italy 1-0 and actually matched them for shots and shots on goal and maybe a little less possession. And then they drew England 0-0 to win the group. It's it's I could see them maybe pulling off some crazy result against mm-hmm. Spain where it's a draw and then potentially getting a win against Japan. And now they've positioned themselves to do what they just and maybe maybe pull off an upset. I just wouldn't sleep on the Ticos. And I think people no, in other in not. other countries, European countries in particular, just don't seem to rate CONCACAF and Costa Rica just seems like ah, it's Costa Rica. That's an easy three points. Let's look at let's look ahead to the other teams, Charlie. I think that's exactly how, what they have to do to look when they're looking at this group stages. Yeah. Take it game by game. We're going to defend. We're trying. Try, we're going to, and no one's given us a shot. And this is a group that they have some quality and in, in, especially in terms of uh, set pieces, they're, they're a team that can hurt you on set pieces. Calvo, he is, uh, he, he definitely plays differently when he plays with Costa Rica than he does in MLS. Oh, so, no question. Um, I, I like what I see from, from Uruguay, just this belief and they're carrying that into the world cup. And when you have that much confidence and belief and they're okay with conceding possession, they're okay with defending for 90 minutes, knowing that they can get, still get the result. Then anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah, I, I think Spain and Germany are the obvious two to come out of this group. If you had to predict right now, but group of deaths are tricky. Don't man. You sleep never, on Japan, you man. You, you can't sleep on those. <laughs> and, and and it's looking like we're going to play Japan in one of the September friendlies. So I'm excited about that from a U.S. perspective because I think they're a good team. And, and Saudi Arabia, I think, will be tricky as well. So those will be two good opponents for us in our last two friendlies before Greg has to name his 26-man hey, roster. All right, let's let let's. I'll let's, throw this out there, though. Yeah, throw it out. Last time I spoke to Joel Campbell, he was like, MLS, come get me. Wow. He, he 42 minutes in, we got our flex of the day. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a while since someone's yes. flexed because when yeah, Charlie that said that, it hit me square, yeah, square like, in the nose. I, I, got like, the I think, I think my nose is bleeding last, uh, because it's been I, a while since I heard a flex. The last like time that. I talked to Joel Campbell, he said, <laughs> okay. You know, you know who we need to get on, though? We need to get Joey uh, and Lescott making fun of uh, some flexes where I didn't know what he actually does anymore. But now that England just got smoked by Hungary, I'd like to get some some uh, English, former English international perspective. He doesn't, he doesn't want the smoke. He doesn't. He, 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 doesn't, doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. And now uh, they all want Gareth Southgate out. It's kind of funny how quickly everything turns. Okay, let's leave the international game. Let's speak domestically here in the States. MLS, I mean, kind of out of nowhere, though I'm sure this had been work, you know, behind the scenes for quite some time, but strikes a very significant deal with Apple TV Two point five billion dollars over ten years, Heath. I'm going to come to you as our resident oh business God. insider here. No local broadcasts, right? So there's a bit of a knock there. There are some perks though that if you buy a season ticket, you're going to get a free subscription. There's no blackouts. Uh, there's there's a lot of things I like. And one thing I'll jump in and say very quickly before I get your insight, and obviously Charlie, yours too. And for anybody else that wants to chime in, whether it's on Twitter, ISWT Pod, or here live on on the YouTube's. I like that we're taking some risk as, a, as and I say as a league, we as, as former MLS players, what was 
the traditional route wasn't working. And, and I like that this might not work out, but at least they're trying something different. And I like that Apple TV is so new to the sports space that I think they're going to give it the love and care and attention that the ESPN and Foxes of the world have it at this point. Look, or, or got away from because no, they used listen, to at some point, but they maybe got away from listen, it. Listen, disruption is really important. Look at what Paramount Plus and CBS is doing in, in the soccer space. They hadn't been in soccer since the 80s, right? Picked yep. up NWSL. Ended up getting Champions League a year and a half before it was supposed to because it was dropped off by Turner Sports. And has now built a catalog of incredible sports having not been in it. And it's made others wake up and change their priorities and compete in a different way. Competition is really good. Now, there is a giant fear if you're an old traditional platform of like these disruptors like an Amazon or an Apple that have more money than anybody ever because they're leveraging money from a different part of the business that isn't always media related. Therefore, the media math is, is, is very different, right, in terms of competing for a bid. But to put in a 10-year bid is a commitment to saying, you know, and that's very different than Champions League, which is a three-year cycle or, or, or uh, you know, Serie A, which is a short cycle or La Liga, which ended up being this big, bigger, longer deal. It gives you a chance to, to, to figure out your audience, understand your audience, learn that sort of thing. And I think that can be, uh, if they do it the right way, something that could be useful for the soccer space. Now, we, you mentioned the, the local rights, and I think that's something that has to get worked out for the teams because a lot of their advertising or revenue dollars get sold against or sponsorship packages get sold against local rights, right? So here in Los mm -hmm. Angeles, you've got LAFC have three or four of their local sponsors. There's PowerFlex tools and like all these things that are local to this market that you're converting on on sort of the spots and dots media deal that that is uh, required for them to be a sustainable club. Now, obviously, that's probably going to be a trickle down of something larger, but there's a lot of that stuff to, to, to still work out. But a commitment from Apple to, which I had heard uh, as recent as two weeks ago that Apple was potentially backing out of, uh, of a deal and they weren't going to be in, in the running yeah. anymore. Uh, to now signing this deal with Don Garber, Charlie Davies, and Tim Cook all shaking hands about it <laughs> and, and making this thing happen. Well, actually, like, this is actually he's <laughs> Charlie out of one of his jobs. So yeah. I don't know. No longer uh, doing Rev's broadcast. Charlie, yeah. what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, because it impacts you. And I know, Heath, you do LAFC games at times. You know, how does it change the landscape for you? I love it. It's, it's, it's massive for the sport. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a milestone. You're talking about a 2.5 billion dollar deal that do you that think do you think 10 years was too long do you think 10 years was too long to to no, offer up i don't because i think for apple's perspective is we've seen what the world cup in 94 did for the sport in this country mls developing a real interest and i think to make it worth it and valuable for apple in this investment was well, we, we have to reap the benefits after this 2026 World Cup. So we get to be part of the buildup, and then we get to see the, the benefits from, from a, mm -hmm. a World Cup coming to, to North America. So I think it's massive. I think Apple, I mean, the brand itself to be associated to MLS, you're talking about the young up-and-coming generation, and that's what MLS has always targeted, the 18 to 35-year-old age demographic. Well, now you're going to be targeting the, the even younger from 12, let's say from 12 to 18, who I, I guess right. kids are at 12 are getting 10 are getting iPhones now. So you have to love this business proposition from uh, a soccer uh, sports enthusiast fan because you know that the growth is there. And the global reach too. I mean, you have yeah. this global yes. reach that the it fact that you can watch it anywhere at any point on Apple TV, anywhere around the world is is pretty remarkable as well because it kind of cuts through 
all these kind of rights that maybe hang up, you know, different leagues because they have, you know, different rights in different countries. So you're not always allowed to see it. So, yeah, so he uh, talk, talk to me kind of about, cause now MLS has to assume a lot of the production on this yep. and they're guaranteeing a lot of standards, pretty high standards for how the production is going to go. Uh, looks like Charlie's got another job again yeah. with the Revs. He's I really mean, excited. great, happy for Charlie. Yeah, yeah. congrats, Charlie, again. Jeez, <laughs> we have a job. More, 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 more I was a little worried there for him for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there was there was a, there was a discussion of like uh, for a while of saying there's two routes that you can go with the new deal that it could be uh, each team would be cut a check to sort out their local broadcasts yeah. that would go into some sort of larger streaming platform, or you'll have these regional broadcast centers. And now the discussion is can can't remember what it's called. That's in Tampa. That does the USL or Fort, uh, not Fort Lauderdale, but Tampa uh, uh, area there, St. Petersburg or whatever that does the USL broadcast. I can't remember the name of that that um, studio there uh, of centralizing all of that type of stuff. But with that centralization, it allows you to probably leverage your catalog a lot better in terms of highlight packages, shows, more neutral type of things. Because the biggest argument has been for a long time is is Major League Soccer a national product, right? Why would I watch New England Revolution play against DC United if I'm from California? What is the what is the reason behind that, right? And now well, we're talking about well, you've always been a Revs fan. That's why. Well, yeah. well but they, 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 <laughs> I feel like they got away from that shoulder programming to make you interested in that, so that you knew the storylines and the narratives that were built into that. And I right. wonder what the shoulder programming is going to be moving forward because you know you get once you start to know a certain player, you start to know a story or or a team and what they've gone through with their whatever their their the suffering their successes whatever their path was yeah. it, it draws you in a little bit more and i think the league's well, gotten away from that a little bit it's, and it's now the, i think it's, it's, gonna have to lean back into it it's the olympic treatment right there's two things that i think can do it right open up salary caps that's one way that you're going to get national national broadcasts right because i'm not a man city fan but i watch man city all the time because either you love them or you hate them but you can't stop watching them in the premier league and that doesn't make me less of a fan of, 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 of Arsenal. So the, the quicker MLS can get to a point where you have a few of your Yankees, Red Sox, your those types of things of what right. you stand for or whatever, or allow teams to really compete on a, on a different spectrum. And by the way, I think a lot of the owners would be okay with that, um, that sort of model because it establishes something a little bit different than every year, every team thinking that they can win. And then the part two is, again, the Olympics treatment, right? F1 is what it is because of drive to survive. It's not because of people loving to watch racing. It's because it humanized uh, exactly everything right. on the inside and it gave you an inside look. It's the all or nothing series. It's all those types of things. Then now you have a platform and you have a built-in audience baked into to, to Apple TV to be able to do that. Now, I will say the downside is that it will not be available on that platform without an additional subscription. So while you get the subscription with a season ticket, you will have to buy an additional Apple subscription that is like a, the Apple TV Plus or something like that. It's an additional subscription amount to get on the platform to see the games. Are they? I didn't see that. They're hiding that information. That's, that's uh, Jonathan, oh, Jonathan, oh. Tannen, Jonathan Tannenwald uh, 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 actually posted that later in today when they were trying to clarify what it all means for for the subscription. Is that it's mm. not? It'll be an additional kind of um, you know, yeah, add -on tiered, like a tiered yeah. subscription. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're unhappy about that, Jimmy. I could tell. Well, I just, I, I was like, that was a really cool perk. And now I'm a little disappointed that there's still an additional cost. <laughs> it's plus plus. <laughs> it's, it's Apple plus plus. Yeah, it sucks. Now my parents have to spend five more dollars a month for me to use they, their login. I uh, mean, I, I have and, to pay five more dollars <laughs> to watch Charlie Davies talk about the revolution. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> on on Bob yeah. Kraft's uh, NFL right. turf, you know, yeah. like I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is that is intense. All right, guys, I'm coming to the end of this show. I think everybody yeah. is. Uh, we're getting to that point. We're getting a little crazy, and I know it's really late there for Charlie and his uh, his pajamas. That no, he's it's only his, uh, one in the morning. It's only one a.m. So, so let's go. Final thoughts of this in soccer we trust episode. The recap of our one-one draw. U.S. Men's National Team versus El Salvador. Charlie, I'm coming to you first. You can go to bed as soon as humanly possible. Yes. Um, happy, happy that some players stepped up, and and one one in particular is Jordan Morris. I mean, we we've seen the the, the struggle he's had to to kind of endure over the past. I don't think everybody seasons. appreciates that struggle, by the way. I don't think they know his story, which kind of speaks well, to what we're talking about Especially because Charlie was be saying, send him home. Charlie was saying, send him home after the last performance. And now he's Charlie not. Yeah, he, he, he didn't do he, I mean, he he, he justifies his, his uh, call-up with, with that goal. But, um, he, you know, Haji Wright, disappointed um, in terms of Orvath, the expectations. Reggie Cannon. Horvath, Reggie Cannon. Um, so J-Mo's stock went up for you. Yeah, it, Musa. it did. Solidified. Not, not. I, I think JMO still on the bubble. He's on the bubble. He's on the bubble. The twenty-six help. The twenty-six roster helps him tremendously. Okay. Uh, but you know, as a coach, if you're a manager and you're watching players, you're giving them subs, you know substitute appearances. If if they can come up with moments like that, that's going to stick in your your mind. That's going to mm-hmm. resonate with you when you're thinking about, oh, if we're down a goal here. Who can I put in to make a difference? Mm-hmm. If we're just whipping crosses in, I'm gonna that moment of him making an adjustment to win the header to put it in the back of the net. I'm gonna be like, okay, we're we're down a goal. The team's bunkering in. I need someone who can get on the end of this cross. Jordan Morris is gonna go in. So that that helps him, especially with the the, the struggle at the nine. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, I thought he did himself uh, just justice. by being solid, right? Yeah, just yeah. not making any mistakes, right? But I don't think we, we really answered any real questions. I, I, it still puts us in the same position where we got to wait for six months. We got to see how things play out. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I mean, you're right. There's still club form is going to dictate. I think yeah. some of these, some of these questions that we have some answers for Heath final thoughts. Yeah. Just, I I'm, I'm on the same line of like looking back at these last four games. I know we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the window as a whole, but like just looking back, thinking like, I was pretty pissed off about these two games that we had to play and then now seeing sort of a breadth of uh, circumstances. And when you're a coach, you want to go through a bunch of different things, not the same repetition. You know, something gets thrown at you differently. How do your players react? How do they rise to the the challenges that present themselves, especially in real time? Going down a man, those types of things are real things that could happen in a World Cup. Those are real things that happen in qualifying. And so for them to come through that and and do as well as they did, I'm, I'm satisfied there. But similarly with Charlie, I'm still left kind of with more questions and I don't know if I'll ever have those, those, those answered, um, you know, which is how many bedrooms not, not Charlie have in his years. house and <laughs> not in the next 10 know, years. Yeah. Not in the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, as, as Apple TV, uh, bankrolls, Charlie's new mahogany. Uh, I, I appreciate that. All right. My final thought for everybody is that we're coming back at you on Thursday, but it's going to be a little bit later because on Thursday, they're going to announce who the world cup cities are for both Canada, both all three of Canada, Mexico and the U S and we're going to break that all down after the announcement. It's going to be happening at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Join us live for that or catch us on any podcast platform of your choice. Hit, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, ISWT Pod. Make sure you leave us a little P+. So you're entered to win the $100 gift card. 
And that's all I got. We're going to come at you on Friday as well. So a lot of In Soccer We Trust action coming your way this week. And we love that you are part of our journey. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, and Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad, also known as El Guapo. And we will see you guys very soon. Thanks for watching and listening. Later. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.